welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. Well, I wanted to talk about something today. Did y'all come to hear something today? It's perfect and it works out. I want to talk, you want to listen. That's great. That works for us. Um, I wanted to talk about something that it is a force on the earth today. And it's a pretty powerful one. And it has the power to pull down strongholds, erect strongholds. It is, it is, it is extremely powerful. And I would say that we're kind of in a crisis with it, as a matter of fact. And I think it's called truth. We're having a we're having a crisis truth, and so it's time for believers. Did I cut out? Oh, don't move, Sarah. Maybe that's a problem. And so it's time for believers to know the truth and why they believe it, because it's it is there's a war on it. There's a war on truth, and you know. But this is the deal: truth is truth, and no gates of hell will come against it and win. You know, that's the truth of the matter. But but we do live in a time that we have to really know what we believe and why we believe it. And, you know, at, at this juncture, truth, everything about truth is being questioned. You know, we've got just the basic fundamentals of, you know, what sex are you? You know, that's so... That's like down here in the truth level. You know, that's like, that's common sense truth down here. And that's even questioned. And so at this point, what will they not question if, if that's a question? But, you know, I think that the world is, sis, but I think the church is also in one. And... I think it's really good because it's kind of being turned upside down. You know, I think what I think that the church is really being challenged with what she actually believes because there's pressure that's being applied for her to rise and shine and so then it's kind of causing the light to shine on on maybe where she's not quite in alignment with her creator. And it's a really good thing. We we want that but then we want to be found on the right side of it. We don't want to fall and and be just like some of the others. I my heart was really grieved. I was reading some something. It's it's this funny little it's a mock up of news. So they take these like news stories and then they kind of make fun of them a little bit. But anyway, so it was talking about um they're not Christians. But they were talking about pastors and just the world's view on pastors. And, you know, just talking about how, you know, really bowing to society and not able to stand up for what's true. And my heart was really grieved because I think we're in churchdom, you know, and, and we're obviously a church that really highly, you know, is hungry for the deep things. We're, we're not, we're not like that. Our hearts aren't like that, but so I'm kind of a little bit disconnected sometimes that, that that's how people operate in church. And so it really grieved me because I'm thinking, you know, like at a time whenever people are so hungry, like this has got to be a time that authenticity rises. And so my heart was grieved because he was talking about how, you know, basically, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, as the world's looking around for something real and something true, you have so many pastors that have gone to trying to appease the culture and bowing to the pressures of culture. And, you know, what that tells me is it's, their hearts aren't really anchored in truth. They're not anchored. Because if you're anchored in truth, 
that it just doesn't matter what culture says around you because you know what you know what you know. And so I'm just telling you that our society, we all know that we can feel the, the spiritual climate. And so for, uh, for this kind of spiritual climate to be taking place in our nation, it's impossible that our personal lives aren't affected. So it's impossible that whenever truth is being so challenged at every level, it's impossible that we will be experiencing it ourselves on some level. And I think maybe some more than others. I think it depends on how much, you know, God has renewed our minds and how much he's healed us and all that. That depends on how much that spirit can really cause us to um, have to work it out with God. So I think just in the spiritual climate of knowing how truth is so under attack, we, this body, we have to really get even more cemented and who we are and what we are. And, and it has to be firmly planted in what he says. See, I, I think sometimes, I think sometimes we value our feelings more than we value truth. And I think whenever we look out the outside world, we think, well, you know, no, they just don't know what's true. Like we've got to convince them what's true. And so it's easy for us to look at maybe an unbeliever or something like that and say, oh, well, they just don't know. But I think that there's a low level in our, in our little group that we've got to be a little bit more cemented in. And he's coming after all the places. He's, he's personally been coming at me in some really deep places because he, where he's wanting us all to go, we have to let go of some of the things behind us, right? So, so I think that sometimes we get a little bit more infatuated with what we feel than rather what is actually true. And so what if, what if we began to love truth, to have such a hunger for truth more than we hated lies? See, because I think we'll hate a lie, but that doesn't empower us to change. That, that just causes us to focus on the lie. Now, what if we flipped it and we went after what is really the goal? If we really went after what the goal was, and that was loving God with all of our heart, not trusting in ourselves, but fully relying on him, fully believing the way he says, fully trusting him, fully believing every truth he tells us. Because that's really the goal. And that's how we conquer the enemy. We conquer the enemy by focusing on the goal. But see, we get sidetracked by focusing on the problem, and that just breeds more problems. So I would just encourage you, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're struggling with yourself, if you're struggling with lies of the enemy, if you're struggling with belief, then I would say, look at what Jesus said to focus on. Jesus never said, hey, I need you to figure out what's going on with you and then come back and report it and then we'll work it out. But I think we do that and he's not doing that. So fall in love with what he's in love with. That's our answer. To fall madly in love with truth. Because see, whenever we love truth, then that takes care of everything else. That's how strongholds come down. We begin to love what he loves and we hate what he hates. So I would just encourage you really, if, if there's some if you're having some struggles with some lies, Begin to pursue just the truth over it and don't even focus on the lie. Begin to pursue and loving what Jesus said to love. 
You know, something happens when we focus on love. There's a transference of what is his and he gives it to us. But when we focus on what we're not or what we lack, there's the author of that. There's an author and it's not Jesus. It's another author. And I love that, you know, he makes it really clear. I think it's Bill that said it. I don't know who said it because it's been said for so many years, but we become what we behold. So if, if you're one that really focuses on all your weaknesses, then we'll talk to you in a year and you'll be still be talking about those weaknesses. It's just true. I know I've lived it. I, I personally have a doctorate in it. And so I can tell you, I stand, I get it. I know it well. And I'm just so grateful that he's really, really just doing something so new and big and he's doing it in all of us. And so I just want to say, this is just really a time for us. I love that we're in apprehending our destiny. That's the goal. But I'm telling you, it's, it's in our truth. Like we, we have to know, we have to know the truth, the truth. And he made it so easy. I'm, um, oh, I don't want to go there yet. No, I will go there. So, <clears throat> so in John 14, it says, Jesus, Jesus explained, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes next to the Father except through union with me. That's what we were saying about earlier, too. To know me is to know my father too. And from now on, you will realize that you have seen him and experienced him. I love what truth, whenever it says, I am the truth, it says, I am the true reality. So, so if we think about, if we think about what we're thinking about truth and we're either believing in reality or believing in false reality, it's not it, a lie is a false reality from what God says about you. So if you're believing something, so if you look at yourself and you say, well, I'm just so blunk negative in some way, that is the false reality of what he says about you. That is not true. He already deposited everything. He deposited himself in you so that you could take on his name and you could take on his form and you could take on his likeness. And so we have to live from the true reality, the authentic, the authentic reality. And it's what he's implanted in us. So it's really hard to think bad about ourselves. If we live from his reality. So since, so since his very name is truth and it's not just him. I'll prove it. Let me find it. Hold on. John 15, 26. And I will send you the divine encourager from the very presence of the Father. He will come to you, the spirit of truth emanating from the Father, and he will speak to you about me, and you will tell everyone the truth about me, for you have walked with me from the start. So we have the Godhead, we have we have the Holy Spirit, we have Jesus being referenced as truth deposited in you. So that tells me that we have the complete ability to live in complete truth because we have the Godhead in us. So if we're not walking in truth, then we're not walking the w- the way that the Godhead intended and it's not the what he's implanted in us. He is implanted in us the ability to walk in truth 100%. Not sometimes, but all the time. That's our likeness. That's our likeness to walk in truth with him. So I don't know about you, but it makes me just, that I feel extremely empowered 
Do you feel empowered? But doesn't make you feel weak and little. Makes you feel empowered. And I was thinking, just, I was thinking about um, in Ephesians, I'm going to read it, spiritual warfare. You know, if if we're in the middle of spiritual warfare, which this is what we're in right now, just if y'all are not, if y'all are wondering that that's what's going on. That's what's that's what's been happening lately. That's the memo. We're we're in the middle of spiritual warfare, and so that's but that's what we're sensing, you know, with the with the world. And it's really good because he gives us an excellent key, and he starts it out with this. It says, <clears throat> "I'm going to read the whole thing." It says, "Now, my, my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last." Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. Put on God's complete set of armor. It's God's armor. Put on God's complete set of armor provided for us. So that you'll be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. What is he? He can just accuse. That's all he can do. He can't make it happen. He just accuses you of it. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings. It's not with who? So it's not with your neighbor. It's not with your boss, your spouse. But with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold the dark world in bondage. Because of this, you must wear all the armor that God provides. So you're protected as you confront the slanderer. For you are destined for all things. How many things? For you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. How are you going to rise? Okay, so number one. Numero uno. Are we ready? Put on truth as a belt to strengthen you to stand in triumph. Now, that belt is not these wimpy little belts. Pam loves a good belt. Pam always wears a belt. It's not that. It's not that kind of belt. I'm going to read you this little thing. It's it's pretty good about <clears throat> what it actually means, what the belt actually means. So um, it says, It is fitting that the belt of truth is the first piece of the whole armor of God. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and it is only through him that we come to God. Therefore, truth is of the utmost importance in the life of a Christian. Without truth, the rest of the armor would be of no use to us because we would not have the spirit of truth. In referring to the whole armor of God, Paul invokes the image of a soldier ready for battle. The belt of a Roman soldier in Paul's day was not a simple leather strap such as we wear today. It was a thick, heavy leather and metal band with a protective piece hanging down from the front, from the front of it. And I will add, they protected their loins, or it could also be their considered their reproductive parts. And so I was thinking, well, you know, whenever we don't know what we're what if we're not protecting what is true then we reproduce out of something else. So we have to we have to protect what we reproduce with truth. Um it says <clears throat> the um let me go back. It was a thick he- heavy leather and metal band with the protective piece hanging down from the front of it. The belt held the soldier's sword and other weapons. The belt of truth of the spiritual armor holds the sword of the spirit. Linking truth and the word of God. The word of God is truth. 
And it says, depending on the translation, we are to fasten the belt of truth around us, or you can buckle it up, or you can gird your waist, or you can gird your loins. You can do all kinds of stuff with it. It says, no matter the wording, we are, act we are to actively lay hold of the truth and use it. The belt of truth is a crucial piece of defensive armor guarding our inmost being in the battle against the lies and deceptions of the enemy. Without an understanding of truth, we are left vulnerable to being carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of man, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. The belt of truth protects us and prepares us for the battle that is part of every Christian's life. How important is truth in your daily life? It is vital. You can't do anything without it. And so if our very basic fundamental things are skewed with him, if we don't have truth, there is no way that we can stand up to the battle. And I would, and I would say that maybe why there's some of us that are not very skilled yet in warring. Because our truth is not solid. And so then when the enemy comes, it doesn't have to be a big accusation. It can be a really little accusation. And then before you know it, we're in bed with the covers over our head. Crying like a like Elijah, 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 Elijah. Hiding under the willow tree. We will not war good if we don't know truth. It's impossible. And you can't practice the word if you don't know the truth. See, I think a lot of times we take the word out of, out of, out of context and then we wonder why it doesn't work. We bend it, we bend it to use whatever we need in the moment instead of really getting to know the spirit of truth that can teach us the word, the sword of truth, those go hand in hand. We have to have the spirit of truth to teach us how to use the sword. And I think a lot of times we, and I'm probably not going to talk to anybody here, so we can just pretend like I'm talking to those people down the street. But a lot of times, if we're not in love with the word, because when we read it, we read everything that we lack, and we're in a deficit when we read it, then it's going to be really hard for us to operate powerfully and victoriously if we can't fall in love with the word. And, I'm, and it's just another, that's another accusing voice that keeps us from falling in love with the word and with the spirit of truth. So I just want to encourage you, if you struggle in the word and you get under condemnation, then I want to encourage you to fall in love with the spirit of truth and let him teach you what the word is saying because you're reading it through a different lens than what's intended and the enemy loves to distort it. He loves for us to stay away from the word because that, that, is, that is our vital necessity as a believer. If we don't know the word, then we don't know our rights. We don't know our authority. I mean, it's, it's wow, it's everything. And I know that the enemy uses that to keep us from being in it. And so we're not going to be able to, we're not going to be able to change a culture if we're afraid to even dig deep into the word because of what it bounces off and says something weird in our noggins. We have to fall in love with truth. Spirit of truth. The sword of truth. It is our greatest necessity as a believer. I was think, thinking about 
I like to just, I, I do a lot of thinking about our culture and, you know, just, I think what God wants to do in our culture. And I was thinking about how each person, how we play such a vital role. And, and I think sometimes we consider ourselves small and we maybe don't, we don't consider what impact we have in our culture. And so I think sometimes whenever we look at our culture, we can say, man, like whatever it's, name it, you know, there's a struggle going on or whatever. But I think we don't take into account that we bring ourselves into the ecosystem of the culture. And we're either going with the culture by not partnering with what God says, by not believing what his truths are, or we are going to be part of breaking up that ecosystem. And it really, it, and I think that in whenever we get into smallness, we think that we don't really have an impact, but we really do. Whenever I was saying, whenever I was talking about that guy and he was talking about the pastor and I was thinking about how, how many believers, like they're part of the problem. They're, they're part of the, you know, yeah, let's just go along with the culture. Let's just go along with it. So then you know, if they're doing that, if they're partnering with the enemy, how much more strength do we have as believers standing in truth that we can affect and change the culture around us? And I think we have more power in us when we are partnering with truth, when we are walking in truth, when we are completely sold out to him, when we're walking in humility, we're walking in purity, we have the ability to go in and completely disrupt that whole ecosystem. But if we're in smallness and we're not recognizing what is true, then we just become part of the problem by just getting in there and not recognizing what our authority is in every given situation. So, you know, if, if there is a spirit of smallness, stupidness that comes over us, I think we really got to get in the word and say, okay, God, what are, what is it that you're saying? I'm going to be, I'm going to fall so in love with what you actually have to say that that's going to be the thing that I just believe I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to fall more in love with you than I am going to be about my feelings of failures. So I just want to say, you have the authority, you have the calling, and you have the right to disrupt every demonic ecosystem everywhere you go. Just walk in truth. Believe it. Just believe it. It's time to shine. Say to your neighbor, it's time to shine. Aaron sang about it. Team sang about it. It's time to shine. How do you... You don't have to answer this out loud. How do you respond to truth? What filter does truth go through? I think in mentoring, it's a really good thing to, to look at. How do you receive truth? It's one way if you receive it and you agree with it. <laughs> what happens if you receive truth and you don't agree with it? You've got the clerics that we can argue it you've got some other other personalities that it's like they agree with it but then in their heart they're like yeah no i'm not behind that mm -mm. or maybe another one is like no i know better than that i love that god will test how we receive it he tests it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So I'm just saying truth is truth and we have to we have to figure out what is our personal response because it will determine what level of influence truth will have in our lives. If you're a know-it-all, I'm once again I'm talking to those people down the street. Not anyone here. But if they're a know-it-all, then they know it all. They don't need any help. Spirit of truth, we just shut the door to spirit of truth. The pure in heart, the humble in spirit. Receive truth. See, it's really arrogant and prideful to not believe truth. That's really what it is. That's the truth of the matter. So that's a place where we repent. And we don't just say, oh, God, I'm so sorry I did that. Okay, I'm going to go on. That's not what that is. That's not what that is. You got to come face to face with who you really think you are and who you really are. I've had that on more than one occasion. And I've tried it the other way where I knew that I wasn't right. And so then I did the thing. Well, I'm really sorry because that's not right. But then in my heart, there wasn't quite the shift yet. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And so then it takes real humility and humbleness and working it out with God, like doing some work and saying, God, really show me just how big of a deal this is pride is a really it's a really big deal and pride will keep us from truth pride will keep us locked inside our own shells and so when we don't partner with truth it's really saying that we know more than god does What he says really isn't true because I know more. I've I've lived it. I've seen it. I've done whatever. You know, and isn't that, isn't that jacked up? That is just so weird. Like whenever you really look at it, it's like, oh, wait, no, that can't even be real. That's like insane. How could I even think that? Like we want to mold ourselves. We want to shape ourselves. We want to get into whatever spot he tells us and just say, man, God, whatever you say, it's true. I will not judge you according to, according to experiences. I am not going to judge God according to my own experiences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sometimes we just need to come off our old mountain that we made so we can have some reality with the spirit of truth. It really is for love. It's for love. You know, we're never going, he's never going to let us have the benefits of walking in union, walking in truth with him, walking in purity with him. If our hearts are not connected, if we are in disagreement with him, if we, if, if he's trying to feed us information and then we're thinking, no, uh, that's not true for me. That may be true for other people. We're never going to walk in step with him. It's not possible. It's not possible for us to say, okay, God, you can have everything. You can have my whole life. I believe what you say. I, I'm, I'm on board. But then whenever he says, okay, there's these things, these things, you're like, well, no, not those because I have experience to prove that's not true. So if he's the spirit of truth and we are emanating and we are shaping our lives to be like him, then it's whatever he says goes. We don't get a vote. We gave up that right to vote. We didn't do the little Christian, you know, the good Christian prayer, I give you my life, but then go out and just keep doing whatever we wanted to do. You know, it was really, we said, okay, you're going to be Lord of my life. And so whenever you're Lord of my life, you're the one that gets to say what's true and what's not true. We signed our lives away on the dotted line. 
beautiful, isn't it, Shudi? It's the best thing ever. Why would I not want to? So back to mentoring and receiving truth. Uh, well, well, I think it really takes some humility and, and God, God loves to put us with people that we feel like may not completely get it. He loves to do that. He loves, he loves to put you with people that you can look at them and you can start trying to judge why you don't think you can follow what they're saying. And it's a test. It's a test to see what you're going to do with the truth. He'll give it to you in an offensive package, in a maybe even aggressive manner, all kinds of ways just to see how you're going to receive it. It's true. I know because I'm preaching it and I know it. I can tell you it. So, and you're mentoring. God is trying to bring you some truth. And don't buck it. Just simply be able to yield. The best leaders are good followers. You know, I think that I think that he really desires for us to be so free of ourselves and so free of our own opinions that he can just write whatever he wants. He can just write it and we'll just uh, we'll believe it. We don't have to have proof. We don't have to have 10 other words that's going to back it up. Like his his words over our heart is enough. But it's for the sensitive heart that can yield that will get the writing. He's he's this is the deal. He's extremely patient. Don't get me wrong. Okay, hear hear what I'm saying. He's extremely patient. He continues. He chases after us. He is relentless. But I'm saying that he'll keep he'll keep coming after us. He'll keep coming. He'll keep coming. But the easiest and fastest way is to yield when he says yield. I mean, it's, it's not comfortable to not. It is so not comfortable not to yield. It's miserable. I've heard of that from people before. I've heard that people have felt that way before. Mm-hmm. Just It's just by hearsay, not me personally. So I'm just saying, the best thing we can do is just be outside ourselves and just let him write and we can just believe what he says without having to have other people or whatever else tell us. Anyway, I'm moving on from that. John fifteen fifteen. It says, loving me empowers you to obey my commands. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another Savior, the Holy Spirit of truth. He will be to you a friend just like me, and he will never leave you. The world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him. But you know him intimately because he remains with you and will live inside of you. There's no greater gift than the spirit of truth living in you. So if you ever think you don't know what's true, remember you have the spirit of truth in you. This is a completely, this is a totally different side note, but I just have to say it because it's wrecked me and it's been wrecking me for two or three weeks now. But I was listening to Bill and this is about the Holy Spirit. So it's kind of on topic, but anyway, but, um, he was talking about how whenever Jesus was talking to the disciples and this was his last words to them. And so then he was, he was kind of um, 
you know, likening it to like, say like a parent that's getting ready to leave, you know, they're getting ready to go somewhere and they're telling their kids, okay, like now these are the, these are the rules. Like before you leave, you're going to give some very strict instructions on, you know, what's important, what's vital. And he was talking about how he was talking to his disciples and he was telling them, you know, now listen, I'm going to go away and it's better that I go because I'm going to send you the comforter. And he was saying, now listen, now think of this. Jesus is in front of you every single day. You can touch him. You can look at him. You can smell his breath. I'm thinking that I could smell his breath. He didn't say that, but I'm just thinking that. But, you know, I right there in front of him. And he said, now think of this, that he said, it's better that I'm not there. So are you utilizing the Holy Spirit that it's better than if Jesus himself was standing in front of you, guiding you and leading you? That's wrecked me. I mean, think of that. Like we think about like our mentors, like, isn't it exciting that we have mentors that walk with us hand by hand? You know, we do this life together. We, you know, have questions. It's like, yeah, it's like a real phone call. Like I can da da da. And I mean, that's like so exciting. But think, he's saying the Holy Spirit is greater than that for us. Are we utilizing the Holy Spirit in that manner? I mean, what would y'all give to have Jesus walk beside you face to face every day? What would you give? Like flesh and blood. If Jesus was, hey, do you want me to come hang out with you for a couple months? Do we utilize the Holy Spirit that way? Mm-hmm. It's kind of wrecked me. That's really good. Um, I just want to give a little bit of benefits of what it is to walk in truth. Does anybody read Proverbs? I love Proverbs. That will mess with you to high heaven. It's like, okay, like every day it's like, man, this is just so practical. Like it is just the most practical thing ever. And I don't, I just love it. I love Proverbs. Anyway, I'm going to read you some of those. It says Proverbs 3. Three through four, hold on to loyal love and don't let go and be faithful to all that you've been taught. Let your life be shaped by integrity with truth written upon your heart. That's how you will find favor and understanding with both God and men. You will gain the reputation of living a, well, a life well. That's so easy. That is so good, isn't it? You want some favor? You want some favor with God and man? Come on. It gives us really good instructions. Easy. That's easy peasy. How about this one? For truth is a bright beam of light shining into every area of your life, instructing and correcting you to discover the ways of godly living. If you want to know some godly living ways, come on, get you some truth. It's a beam of light. I need a beam of light shining, teaching me, slap me upside the head if I need it. Truth or consequences. It says truth will protect you from immorality and from the promiscuity of another man's wife. Your heart won't be enticed by her flatteries or lust over her beauty, nor will her suggestive ways conquer you. Protects you from immorality. And I will say it just isn't just about her. It's about any kind of sin. Stubborn people who repeatedly refuse to accept correction will suddenly be broken and never recover. Mm -hmm. Proverbs 29, 1. Mm -hmm. Believing truth is a really big deal. 
The problem with with the church today is that we have a form of God, but then we don't follow his truth or his ways. And I'm just saying, there's, I'm trying to break this down a little bit, because I think that sometimes we can look outside at others. So we could maybe say this thing. We could say something like, well, you know, like they don't believe in the gifts of the spirit or prophecy or whatever. And so then that's not true. Like they're not walking in the complete trueness and true truthfulness. And so, okay, well, that's not good, but we're walking in all of the gifts. And so then maybe that's a little bit better. Yet there's basic foundations about us that we don't believe is true. So there's no difference. There's not a difference. There's not a, they do this, but I do this. It's the same. Be judging someone else. And he's like, well, yeah, but what are you not believing? What have I been trying to talk to you about that you won't believe? I'm just saying this, this apprehending, it's, it's making us confront these things. We have to confront it. We have to confront it. Because it's, you know, this is the beauty of the Holy Spirit. And this is the beauty of God that I think he, he loves now, see, you have to know this. There's like, there's no condemnation, right? If we're, if we're not there, because it's a journey with him. It's, it's a, it's a process with him. So, you know, we're not, we're not feeling bad where we are. The only difference is, do we yield whenever he shows us or do we just kick against it constantly? Kick, 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 kick. You know, that's the difference. Like there's this journey where we're together with him and he sees all of our junk. And he doesn't even care. He's like, no, it's not a big deal. I already got that. It's okay. You just, you need me to teach you this. And so then it's this beautiful journey of him teaching us to this. But the difference in where it gets dangerous is when he keeps saying, hey, hey, can you, hey, can we deal with that? Oh, hey, can we deal with that? Hey, 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 can we deal with And we're like, no, I'm not going to do that. Because I don't believe it because I remember that there is this 10 year old one time that said this about me whenever I was 10. And so I remember that. And so I can't believe you because that 10 year old said that 30 years ago. So I think it's that that is what we have to learn to yield to. And, and we don't. And, and, you know, so. If you're hearing me and then you start feeling bad, like, okay, like I got to figure this out and I got to go to my closet and I got to figure out all the places where I don't believe and I got to go to work and I got to figure this out. Okay. We're not doing that either. We're not going to do that. So what we're going to do is we're going to say, okay, I'm going to make a choice with you, Holy Spirit of truth, that I am opening my heart to you and I'm saying, search every place. In every place that I am in opposition to your truth, I'm giving you permission to talk to me about it, and I'm going to choose to say yes and yield before you ever have to say, this thing right here, it's just going to be a just that. Hey. And it's done. That's it. None of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's really I mean it's so easy and he is so he so loves the process with us he loves the journey with us you know we could just make it a lot easier by not hardening our hearts to his voice not hardening ourselves not hardening our ears to be able to hear him you know he's not going to He's not going to keep pursuing it until your heart begins to shift. Because the more that he pursues 
And the more you say no, then there's an accountability on your part and it, be, and it becomes, um, it makes your heart harder to hear his voice. And so it, the simplest way is repentance. It's just repentance. It is getting with him and saying, oh God, I have so done this. I, this, I am, I am absolutely in a line with this word and I know that this is about me. And so God, I'm going to come down off the mountain of me and I'm going to say, I'm, I'm making a choice and I'm putting you as Lord of my life again. And what you say is true, is true, is true, is true. And you don't have to convince me. And then it's easy. Bam. And then it's just like you'll be able to hear him. And then you yield. And then you hear him. And then you yield. And then it's beautiful. And it's really easy. It's not difficult. And there's not that, you know, that accuser, stupid accuser, he tries to come in and say some stupid stuff. But remember, he can only accuse. It's just an accusation. Doesn't make it true. Accusation and truth, those things are not. Mm -mm. They don't work. So <clears throat> if, if you feel like that you would like to yield to a new level of truth, just let's close our eyes, shall we? Just do it. Just say, Holy Spirit, I want to yield to truth in new levels. Please forgive me when I haven't. Please forgive me for not believing. I choose today to believe you. I choose to be what you call me to be. And I know the spirit of truth is in me. So I am walking outside my design if I don't believe. So I evict unbelief and I marry the truth. Wrap truth around my neck. Let it be a safeguard on my heart. And I just say that what you say goes. Amen. Mm -hmm. Clear off if anything was on there that was weird. It got all off. Truth has power. Truth has power. Depend and it doesn't matter which kingdom it's in. Truth has power. You put, we put actions to it. We put money to it. We put other people to it. So you got to watch yourself. So this was a kiss with love. I did want to say that truth anchors us to the heart of God. It's our anchor. If we feel tossed around, if we feel like we don't know where we're at one minute to the next and we're all up and down and around, truth anchors us to his heart. So, Shudi, you want to come up? Took the words right out of my mouth, bro. But of course you did. Oh, that was so awesome. Man, there's just so much on that. Um, so much on that. Thank you, Mama Lynn. It was really cool because I think uh, as she was talking, I was just making this really cool connection to what Peyton was saying Wednesday night about walking and being priests and how powerful and important it is to be fully connected in truth and to be rooted in truth, to be the priests 
to be walking in power. You know, I am. Of course, I'm going to have to talk about the chosen. And there was this scene that was really powerful when it was um, Mary at the time was possessed with um, just the demonic. And um, oh, gosh, what was his name? Well, um, what's his name? Nicodemus tried to come and cast that out. And you remember what she said? That the demon, it was the demons. The demon said, you have no power here. So in that priestly role, he was the priest. He could not cast out the demonic. Why? Because the spirit of truth had not fully taken his heart over. And Jesus came. Jesus came. And he, he gave him the opportunity and sat down at the table face to face with him. You know? And I know that they took a lot of really awesome creative liberty. But just the storyline of that is like, whoa. You know, hear Jesus in his kindness. The guy that did cast it out said well let me teach you truth here and let me teach you about what it means to be baptized in the power and the spirit of truth to walk in truth and to have power and so we know the rest of the episode story but see that's what mom's saying though is all the time the holy spirit is sitting us down jesus is sitting us down as the word of life and power and saying this is what you can choose this is how you can come over into being aligned with me and he's doing that all the time. I was seeing this other cool picture when she was talking. Um, I kept hearing over and over the question, what are you feasting on? What are you feasting on? Because all the time, I think we're looking for ways to think about things, actually. I'd say that we're actually really open to wanting to think how to see things, if I can say it like that. But then it's what mom's saying is that we um, very quickly can easily become the judge of that. And so when it is the Holy Spirit, we're like, eh. but maybe it's something like she's saying of the worldly culture or it's from the father of lies. And then we can go, hmm, you know. And so in that moment, we just took that entree. So what I saw was we were sitting at the table again. And then I saw the Holy Spirit serve us a dish. And he served us the truth. And see, the, the key, though, is that he picked the entree. You don't know what you need. You think that you want, you know, a burger, but he's saying, no, I'm going to give you steak, exactly. whatever. He, and so see, I used to, I remember the days, I remember the days very well in my journey and like what mom's saying, he's so patient and he's such a lover and a pursuer. And so here we all are. But I remember the day when I treated truth like a buffet. I remember when I'd walk up to the word and I remember when I didn't want to pick that, but I'll pick that. I remember, I remember the hard ones that I had to quickly turn the page. I was like, eh, that's not my flavor today. But see, that is what's so powerful is when we say, Holy Spirit, you know how to serve me the truth. And so I'm just going to bring myself to the table and say that I'm open for the meal that you have for me today. And I'll feast on that truth. And so, see, that is so powerful because we love, like, again, we love truth here. We know we do. We know we have a heart to love truth. And so sometimes even in our passion for knowing truth and getting truth, I don't know if anyone can relate to this, but then I can want to try to find it myself. And so then I'm, like, flipping through it. But, see, that is so powerful when you can position yourself from being the one to pick it. Do you know what I'm saying? And wait way on the spirit of truth to come and serve you the dish you need that day and so what he was showing me is when we feast on what that truth is for that day that's how we're going to become relevant in that day for the people around us need because he is the person of truth and he's always he is always truth yes but then there's these kairos appointed moments in time when he says i need you to walk and know this truth right now for this person that you're going to go see in two hours and we're feast we feasted on it so now i carry the substance to be able to give to this person something that they are needing to set them free and it's because the holy spirit the person of truth served me the entree of that truth so it's a good word <laughs> It's a really good word, and so I think that it, it beautifully ties into Pammy's message, you know, about what it is to be priests and walking and, and, and changing culture, like, like she said today, and what, that's what Pam said too. The two go together so well because that is how we're going to shift the culture is that we're releasing the substance of truth that um, has power. And so then, like Jesus, when he walked onto the scene and said to Mary, that's not for you, changed her life. 
changed her life because he had truth. So it's good, good word, good word. So I just want to encourage you guys to listen to it again and again and again. I mean, she's hitting it right on. And being a mentor and being mentored, I know that it's just been so rich um, since we started this book in this year with really going after the things um, that has kept us from being able to fully believe and know the full truth of, of who we are. And so it's just a really good word. And thank you. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com.